Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 116 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. I hope you're having a good day. Certainly, I hope your day is going better than mine. I certainly had this chaotic morning. I was super excited to have Dr. Loni Barback back on our show Ever since I was even in the graduate school, I used to love her books and I admire her work a lot. I have lots of respect for her and her work. And I just wanted to make sure that I'm getting everything just right. And I restarted my computer an hour before, you know, like, of course, when you want things to go well, (laughs) those are the times that things turned really badly. So Midway in our conversation, my computer froze like 20 minutes into it. And it was just this blank page for another 10 to 15 minutes. She was very gracious that she she accepted to resume our conversation. So my apologies if the flow has got interrupted when you're listening to it. But I thought this is still a great great episode. And I wanted to make sure that I'm publishing it, although the quality of the audio might not be as great. Today, we're going to talk about how to please your partner and lover. You guys requested it many times in the past. I get tons of emails about it. And the reason that I waited until like I'm in mid hundreds episode to talk about this topic is a personal kind of negative reaction I have when it comes to kind of focusing on your lover. You know, this is the old memory that I have. I remember I was maybe like seven or eight and I was just in this family gathering and it was a group of women. And there was this woman that I didn't know. And she was telling gift advice, like older woman to other women that, uh, you know, you might have been home all day taking care of the kid. You look like shit, but make sure that as soon as your husband comes home, you're cleaning up and you're tending to his sexual needs. Otherwise, he will leave you. I mean, to my family defense, I'm coming from a very egalitarian background. And even then I knew that this is not a good advice. I mean, maybe it was good for for her and her family, but I was like, I was telling myself like WTF, what's, what is she talking about? Like if these poor women are dying, kind of doing childcare stuff, uh, why they need to kind of like took on this task of pleasing their partner so they wouldn't leave them. So anyhow, we are talking about this topic of pleasing your lover because I know many of my clients and friends and colleagues, they value giving and receiving pleasure. So part of their sexual value is giving pleasure to their partner. And it's not coming from this place of fear. It's just coming this from this place of loving and kindness. And I think since we don't have, we, most of us didn't get good sex education, we don't know how to go about pleasing ourselves, most importantly, and also our partner. So this is wonderful that we're having Dr. Looney Barr back. And in this episode, she gives us lots of good tips on uh, what you can do to improve your sex life with your partner. Dr. Looney Barback, a clinical social psychologist, was co 
Director of Clinical Training at the Sex Advisory and Counseling Unit at UCSF and is currently in private practice. She has received numerous awards for her work on sexuality and has written a dozen books on relationship, sexuality, and menopause, in addition to a number of videotapes and audiotapes. She talks about her books and uh, what are the content of it at the end of our interview, so make sure you're tuning in. But also, she's a co-founder of a happy couple a relationship game app designed to enhance a couple's communication and satisfaction. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Loni Barback. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. It's my honor to have Dr. Loni Barback on our show today. Dr. Barback, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be here. I am so excited to have you back on our show. I know the last time we talked about pleasure and women's pleasure and what what women can do to improve their sexual well-being. And today we're going to talk about slightly different topic. I know that some of you guys ask about what can you do to be a better lover in the bedroom? Mm-hmm. And this is going to be our focus today. Again, Dr. Barbeck, we were just talking before we starting the episode that she has multiple books and recording, and she would be a wonderful guest to talk about this topic. So Dr. Barbeck, based on your experience, what are some of the barriers that might get in the way of someone being meeting their partner's uh, sexual need? Well, there are actually, there are quite a number of things. You know, one of them is very simple. It's, it's a lack of experience. You know, new lovers are just getting acquainted with sex, getting acquainted with the whole process and are often not as able to meet their partner's needs because they're still learning themselves. And there are people who grew up with certain sexual inhibitions from their family or from religion. And those kinds of things can get in the way of their sexual involvement in such a way that they're not able to meet their partner's needs. They're not able to meet their own needs. But the ones that are most common, I think, are, you know, it's just simple embarrassment. People are embarrassed to talk about what they like. You don't think twice about finding out if your partner likes their coffee with milk and sugar or black. It's very different when it comes to sex. People don't talk about what they like, um, what works for them, what sexual acts give them most pleasure, what parts of their body are most sensitive to them, what kinds of touch is most arousing for them, you know, what their sexual fantasies are, if they like sexual fantasies, if they want to act out sexual fantasies, all of those things that may contribute to their pleasure may not be com- you know, communicated and, and we're not mind readers when it comes to anything, and certainly sex is no different. So uh, without information, people are literally stumbling around in the dark and not knowing how to be a good lover for a particular person. And, And since everybody is different, it means that you need to really know about the person you are with now. Exactly what may have worked, you know, for your last lover may simply just not be applicable for the person you're with now. So th- those are the most common. You know, there's also, you know, s- there are often a barrier could be if you have a partner who's just very self-involved, they're more involved with themselves and less involved with you and that they may have less interest in meeting your needs. You know, there are ways of 
initiating sex, that can be a turnoff to people. Some people like sex to be initiated, you know, when they're in bed, physically, you know, not saying anything. Other people like, you know, to be told ahead of time, hey, let's get it on. How they say it, some people joke around or or pat the other person's rear end, or there, there are different signs that can let a person know that you're interested in sex. But some signs are turn off for some people. And so you have to know what, or, or they may be too subtle for the person to pick up on. So you have to know kind of what, what's in, what works for each other. And one of the things that happened with my partners, I, I used to know that whenever he would do the dishes when it was my night to cook, and he also did the dishes, he was interested in sex. <laughs> That is, that is funny. <laughs> so, the, you know, there's a, a big issue, which is not only about meeting your lover's needs, but about a whole, you know, the whole intricacies of a sexual relationship. There is some ephemeral thing called chemistry. You know, we just, we just feel some kind of sexual interest or turn on you know, whether it be the way the person smiles or carries themselves or the way they talk or their mind, I mean, their body, there's different things that turn us on about somebody else. And that element of chemistry is really essential in having, you know, a good sexual relationship. Without it, there's no way that a person's sexual needs can be met because they're not, they're simply not aroused at the level that they need to be. And, you know, you can find people who are, you know, who are best of friends and they are, you know, they totally trust each other. They're really soulmates, but there's something missing. And there always was. It, it didn't just happen. It's just not been there. And maybe they get married and they think they're going to be a great husband or a great wife or a great mother or a great father. But they can't, they can't seem to get their sexual relationship to really be fulfilling. And that's one area that I haven't been able to be able to do much about. If, if, the, you know, if the chemistry was never there, it's very hard to create it most of the time. Right, right. I agree with you. I think restoring it, I've seen it being done in long-term relationships. Sometimes couples lose interest because they're not putting an effort to keep the passion going, right? Sometimes couples coming in and at times it's a, it was arranged marriage or they got married for other reasons. And they say, you know, we had this wonderful sexual experiences with other people. Can you help us recreate it with our partner? And you're right. If the chemistry is missing, if the person in front of us is not matching our kind of erotic template, it's hard to bring the magic in that relationship. Yeah. But also, I love that you emphasize the kind of mind reading part because I see many of my clients at least get stuck in that. They struggle with kind of embarrassing, asking for what they want and talking about it with their partner. And there is this expectation that she or he needs to know what I like. And I feel just that's destined to fail. Yeah. If it, it, you know, the idea is that if they really loved me, they would know. Mm-hmm. And as you said, that's mind reading. And, you know, love has nothing to do with mind reading. We're often very, very bad at it. Um, in many ways, it's interesting that as couples are together a longer period of time, they get to know what the other person wants, likes out of the bedroom as well as in the bedroom, but they're not always right. And they may not be right today, you know, or if, even if they know in general, but, you know, today 
you know, I might be sensitive around my breasts. Another time I'm not. And if my partner doesn't know that, then I'm going to just either grin and bear it, or it's not going to be a very good sexual experience. And my partner's not going to feel very good about it if I'm not getting aroused. So it's, it's important to be open about what you're feeling and if it changes to be able to communicate that. Right. And I think if we refer to our partner, at times, you know, our sexual needs and interests evolve throughout the years. So I think even if like I'm looking at myself 10 years ago, things were different than now. So mm-hmm. it, I think it's very unrealistic to think he or she needs to know what I like now. So I think so important to talk about it. I was just thinking that there are older couples that you know, have been together many years that I have seen recently, and they, you know, they always had a great sexual relationship and things have changed. And because their relationship was good, they never had to talk about it. And so they don't have the skills to handle the changes that they're experiencing now. Whereas some couples who had a rocky sexual beginning handle later changes more easily because they have built in those those skills of how to communicate about it. Right. And I think you mentioned that chemistry is important, which I 100% agree. But I think it takes like there is more to sexual compatibility than the chemistry. So what are some of the signs that might show a couple that they're not sexually compatible? Okay. Well, chemistry obviously is a big one. Another one is that, you know, we're, we're as different sexually as we are kind of in the clothes that we wear or the way we style our hair or our political leanings. We're each very individual. And and it's just like you may find somebody who's incompatible with you in terms of one person just loves sports and the other person really would rather read a book. So it's hard for them to find things to do together. Well, it, it's the same is true in the bedroom. So areas of incompatibility that are problematic for couples, one of them is if there's a large discrepancy in their desire for sex. Now, there's no normal frequency for people to have sex. Some people like having sex once a month, less often, once a week. Some people like having sex a few times a day. But you have a problem if you have two people together where one person wants sex once every week, let's say the other person wants sex a couple of times a day. And that is, that's a very large discrepancy in their interests. So it's difficult for them to meet both of their needs. So that, that's really a problem. And, and, you know, that, you know, different hormonal balances or physical stamina, health, stress, the importance of sex can all affect how often people want sex. And also, you know, sexual styles are very different. I had, I had one couple I worked with where his idea of good sex was like a puppy dog romping around and playing and laughing. And her idea of sex was a like a medieval drama. <laughs> and their styles were so different that when they couldn't, one was not getting aroused when the other one was. And there was nowhere for them to meet in the middle. So, you know, someone likes intense, fast sex, somebody else likes slow, really languid sex. I mean, as a, a you know, I'm not, I'm not that there's not a variety in lovemaking, but as a, as a course of what is most arousing, um, some people like role playing and acting out fantasies and dressing up or or talking during sex, and some people don't like to talk during sex, or some people like dirty words, and some people don't. You know, it it depends upon you know again, it's a fit so that the two people 
find that they have their sexual interest in common, just as you would look for other kinds of interests in common. And sometimes there's an awkwardness. Some couples feel a sexual chemistry, but they're awkward with each other sexually. And there's just a way in which they don't click or they don't fit or they, it just doesn't feel right. And those couples are also couples that may be sexually incompatible. They, they just, what one person is doing and liking is just not working what the other person would like. Absolutely. And I think part of it is how openness to new experiences can play a role into it as well. Because I've seen couples that they have drastically different sexual interests, but the partner is open to try out the other partner's kinks and interests. And it's not necessarily a deal breaker for them. But again, obviously, depending on what is each person's interest, I think like willingness to try new things also can play a role in compatibility. Yes. I was thinking more of someone who only gets aroused if they're acting out of fantasy. Mm -hmm. And that can then be a problem for the partner who was happy to do that now and again, but it's not their major way of enjoying sex. So there's a way of, even for discrepancies in desire, you know, there are ways in which one partner can say, listen, let me give this as a gift to you. Mm -hmm. You don't, I'm, tonight it's not for me, but it's for you. And I'm happy to do that. And for the partner that could be okay. But if that happens a very uh, high frequency of times, it doesn't really work well for either person. Right. No, I think that's an excellent point because sometimes couples are will they they have the willingness, but that's they're not the, what their partner likes is not their primary turnout. So at times they feel they're kind of sacrificing their needs for their partner's needs. Right. Yeah. There was one couple I worked with; they were just lovely, and they came in. I saw them only one session, and they came in and they they were concerned about their sexuality, about their sexual relationship. And what the concern was is that he liked to be he liked to be put in a trunk and she would walk around and and in high heels and they had this arrangement that they worked out together and that's he needed that to be aroused and she was fine with it it just absolutely worked for her mm-hmm. and they came in to find out if this was okay and what I said to them not not only is that okay but you better I said to him you better be very nice to her. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> they, they both laughed. I said, because, you know, this is, you know, what you need sexually is rather unique. And so finding someone is more difficult. Well, we just had this 10 minutes of technical issue. <laughs> and Dr. Barback was so generous that she agreed that we can pick up where we left. So we were just talking about... What can people do when they realize that they think they're not sexually compatible with the partner? But the other struggle that at times I see, and as I mentioned, it's more common, is people kind of early on think they're compatible and they they enter this relationship with this partner and then they realize the spark is gone and they come to sex therapists, psychologists, therapists, they want to change things around. Based on your experience, is can intimacy be restored? Absolutely. You know, it depends upon the cause of the difficulty. But, you know, if chemistry was there and the sex life was once good, couples can go back to having meaningful and pleasurable sex life. 
depends upon a few things. One of them is that both people have to want to make this work because so often the reason that the sexual relationship has gone down the tubes is because the emotional relationship has gone down the tubes. The couple has not been putting in the energy into keeping their emotional relationship alive. You know, they've deprioritized the relationship, busy with work and children and, and all the other things in life. And their partner and their relationship and their sexual relationship are actually taking last place. So for those couples, it's, you know, getting back to um, a good sexual relationship is really not difficult. Because, you know, once you can start to, to reprioritize the sexual relationship, to make dates, to, you know, because most of the time, couples have sex late at night when they're exhausted, you know, and they've paid the bills and they're, you know, and, and they just haven't given it their best time. And in order to do that, you really do have to schedule sex. And a lot of people say, well, that's not sp spontaneous and sex should be spontaneous. But really, you know, given that we schedule everything else in our life and we've got dinners with the boss and, you know, PTA meetings and everything else, it is that leftover time that our partner gets. So if you schedule sex and you plan for it, it usually means that sex is going to be a whole lot better because you're looking forward to it and you set aside the time and you have time and you're not exhausted. So and, and also bringing in touching Outside the bedroom is important because as a, as a couple's sex life deteriorates, they stop physically touching each other, you know, complimenting each other, talking. I mean, talking, having com good conversation, intimate conversation about your feelings and what's going on for you in your life is a real aphrodisiac, really, for women and for a lot of men as well. So if, if you can keep courting, doing all the things that made you fall in love with the person in the first place, those are the kinds of things, if you bring those back, those are the things that will have a sexual relationship that has sort of died of atrophy and boredom and entropy and put it back into a good sexual relationship. More difficult than that are those relationships where the sexual relationship has gone by the wayside because of some, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, a lot of unresolved issues, an affair, lack of trust, dishonesty, things that are, are really about their intimate relationship beyond sex. And for those couples, A, they, as I said before, they really need to have to want to make this relationship work. Sometimes there's been so much anger and so much resentment, so much hurt and the two people are so vulnerable, they really can't uh, let go of things and build back a relationship that's going to work for them. But in order to do that, they have to rebuild trust. They have to talk a lot. They have to really resolve the issues that have been unresolved because a good sexual relationship means that you have to be vulnerable. And if you've been hurt, you're protecting yourself. And if you're, you're guarding yourself either against being physically hurt or emotionally hurt, it's going to be very difficult to open up and be sexual in the bedroom. So for those couples, usually there's quite a bit of work that I do on restoring their emotional non-sexual relationship, creating safety, creating open communication where both people are heard, where both people are understanding each other. And then when we can get to that, then we can start to move into bringing sex back into their lives. 
Absolutely. And I, and I love that you're emphasizing on both partner wanting to change that. And I want to encourage our listeners that if you're noticing that you guys are drifting apart, the time is now to address it. Because similar to what you're saying, sometimes people are coming in that this six, seven years of compounded anger, frustration, feeling of betrayal, and they're coming in because they want to have better sex. And similar to what you're sharing uh, with us that, you know, at times it requires them to work and look at those wounds before they can move on to having, uh, restoring the wonderful intimacy and sex that they used to have. Right. So I know that you've been very present in this field. And I, as you watched, I think, on one of the like SARS class that I had that they showed a video of you, I think it was for like 25 years ago. I know you have lots of different contents, books. And, and I want to make sure that our listeners, they know where to get a hold of your content, material you have. So what would be some of the good ways to get in touch with you? Well, you know, people can always email me. And I have a website, lamibarback.com. So uh, there's information on that. There's information on my books there. You know, if couples are interested in making a better relationship and dealing with the non-sexual parts of their relationship, there's a book that my partner, David Geisinger, who's also a psychologist, and I wrote called Going the Distance, Finding and Keeping Lifelong Love. And that's a good book for that. There is a book for, if you want to spice up your relationship, there's a book called The Erotic Edge, which are short erotic stories written. Oh, I love that one. Yes. Yeah. It tells the difference. It really shows the difference between what is erotic to men and what is erotic to women, because there are real differences, not on every man and every woman, but, you know, I mean, there are generalizations. And so it's kind of interesting to, to be able to see that and understand your partner better if you're in a heterosexual relationship. What else? If you're concerned about orgasm, there is for each other and for yourself. I think those are 50 50 ways to please your lover. Oh, I haven't read that one. That sounds interesting. That's that's good for, I think it's it's paperback title is called Turn-Ons. Originally, it was 50 Ways to Please Your Lover. It's called Turn-Ons. And it's it's filled with things that you can do to add some excitement and and pleasure to your relationship. The other thing is I've been... I co-founded an app called Happy Couple, and we put this together. It's a game app, actually. It's, it's like the newlywed game where you get five questions a day and you guess your partner's answers. You don't play it when you're together, but you get to talk about the answers when you're together. And, and of course, the game tells you if you've got a match or a mismatch. And the whole idea of it is to enable a couple to really start conversations that might be awkward. So they get to talk about a lot of things that they may not have thought to ask about or they may not know about their partner and, and didn't even know that. And they, it, it, keeps, it keeps the emotional uh, relationship really active. And I've had couples who've been together for 20 years and have played and said that it opened up conversations they never had before. But it's particularly good for new couples and people who are recently married or you know in a long-term relationship so that they... They can sometimes tell, you know, how do you know if you, don't, you haven't been in a relationship for a long time with this person when they're sick? How do they like to be treated? Do they like to be left alone? Do they like to be waited on uh, and indulged? Do they just like to be checked in on? And so you get to talk about these things even before some things ever happen. And the other thing we have is it has a tip a day. So it tells you, it gives you a very short relationship tip on a way to keep your relationship um, healthy. 
I, you know, it's ironic because I just recommended it to one of the couple I work with and they've been together for decades now. And one of their primary concern of the as a heterosexual couple wife was that the partner, she felt unseen. The partner doesn't know what to tend to her needs. And we explored various things. And we talked about like a couple of weeks ago that maybe then like look at it as you're dating again. And I recommended the app and they really liked it. And I think it adds this elements of playfulness to all this kind of challenges that some couples have. Right. And 80, I think it was about 89% of the couples who played said that a uh, happy couple, they felt that their relationship was, a bet, was better as a result of playing happy couple. And the reason is it generated conversation and conversation is really the heart of intimacy. Absolutely. And I feel, again, they're going back to the expectation of wanting, like thinking that our partner know what we want, I think is unrealistic. So it's wonderful to add tools and various ways that you can have a better understanding and communicating what you want and what your partner wants. So you can kind of implement some of that in your relationship. Right. So Dr. Barbeck, thank you so much with being so generous with your time, sharing your expertise and knowledge with us. And it was lovely to talk to you. And I hope you have a great day. Same here. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. I hope you found this episode helpful. <laughs> it's been uh, because of the technical difficulties, it's been like four hours. I'm in the process of recording this show. I hope it's worth it for you. And thank you so much to Dr. Barback for being generous with her time. And I think if you are on the route that you want to kind of explore how you can pleasure your partner and be a better sport in bed, I encourage you with starting with talking with your partner about things she or he likes. I don't want you to feel obligated that, you know, in order for me to be a good lover, I have to do all this, these things and make all these changes. Sometimes change happens if you're just showing up truly for your partner and listening to what she or he is desiring and even indulging. And some of those conversations can be very erotic and sexy. Anyhow, thank you so much for listening. And at the end of the show, I wanted to remind you, if you have a moment, please rate and review this podcast and uh, share it with a friend. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.